It's a little after 1 o'clock on the lowdown on Sports 1440. Hi there, it's Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger, and memories of Mrs. Andrews. Time now for In the Community, brought to you by United Sport and Cycle, where you can save up to 35% United Sport and Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years. And we're not going to go back over all 95, although I'm sure McCurdy could do that. But Bruce McCurdy joins us now from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. I want to start today, if I may, with some memories you have of maybe opening nights of the past, including 1979, when Kevin Lowe scored the first goal in franchise history. I'm sure you remember that, Bruce. Uh, I do, actually. Uh, I was watching. Uh, the Oilers uh, were at Chicago Stadium. It was their first NHL game. Of course, not their first franchise game, but... Uh, uh, their first uh, NHL game was, uh, uh, it started with a very wide open uh, first period. Chicago got a couple of quick ones, and we were sort of going, oh, no. And then Kevin Lowe came in from the point and converted a pass, I think it was Gretzky to Callaghan to Lowe. Yeah. And he popped, he kind of fanned on it and it floated up and over uh, with Tony Esposito's shoulder and into the, fluttered into the top corner of the net, and, you know, at least. We didn't get shut out in the first game, you know. It was uh, whoops and hollers for a bit, and then the Oilers actually tied it right up after that. And then Chicago took the lead just before the end of the first, and from then on it just went quiet, and they eventually won it 4-2. But it was, you know, a, 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 a credible showing in the first game against a very uh, credible, you know, original six NHL team. Uh, so it was it was a start, and then, of course, their second and the openers, I really remember the home openers. In 79 was game two against uh, Detroit. And uh, a game that was chock-a-block with meaning, given that the Edmonton Flyers had a long association with the Detroit Red Wings some years of yore. And so it was a very appropriate first opponent. The... Um... The memories I have of that first season, I, I had a chip on my shoulder because the NHL, and maybe it was media, but I remember that that there was a sense of, oh, these WHA teams aren't that good. I remember uh, um, Gretzky was called, you know, basically said they, you know, he couldn't play for the 1950 Toronto Maple Leafs at center. Uh-huh. And there was so much garbage being thrown by the established NHL that, that I just was mad as hell every game. I do remember that in 79. Every game they played in one, I was thrilled about because, you know, the, the, there was a sense of, you know, Gretzky didn't belong in, in the NHL or, or the Oilers didn't belong in the same building as a team like the Hawks or the Red Wings. And that t- proved over very quickly, over five years later when they won the Stanley Cup, simply not true. Yeah. Well, even within three years, the uh, WHA teams had, had, uh, uh, the best record of any group of teams in, in the league, uh, which I, I then broke down to the original six, the original, the next six expansion teams, and then the six expansion teams that came along in the, in the 70s, and then the, the WHA four that came in in 79, and already by 81, 82, they were kicking butt. Uh, and they went on, of course, to great success, notably the Oilers and their five Stanleys in their first 11 seasons in the league. So let's fast forward quickly uh, to this year. And obviously a game Saturday will be the home opener. Uh, the expectations are high for the Oilers, and I think rightly so. Uh, we we know from uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman that it looks like um, Stuart Skinner and Matthias Ekholm are staying late to skate, so likely Campbell the starter and Ekholm may not play. 
Uh, we know Ekholm had such Ooh. a great impact on this team okay. after the deadline. Um, what, what do you feel about this Edmonton Oilers team? Is it, do, do you think the confidence that people have in them is, is, um, fair? Do you think this is a team that, that should be considered a strong Stanley Cup contender? Or does the worry about, about 21 instead of 23, uh, and, and maybe Ekholm's injury or the goaltending give you enough pause to make you wonder about this season? Well, there's certainly reasons for pause, but there's plenty of reasons for uh, uh, positivity, enthusiasm, and even excitement, Alan. Much of that goes against the grain with some, as you pointed out already in your uh, uh, in your monologue earlier. But uh, uh, it, there's, you know, this team is pretty set. When uh, back on September 13th, I, among others, who were able to do it because it was pretty straightforward selected the 20 guys on the roster right now and said, don't know who number 21 is. And here we are months later, I'm still no wiser as to who number 21 is. But the 20 are all set. 19 of them played for the Oilers last year. I mean, this is a team that's played together. They know each other. Uh, they know what the goal is and, and how much it hurt last year when they fell short. Uh, and they're not a perfect team. But, you know, looking around the NHL, I don't see many of those anywhere. Yeah. You know, everybody's got a, got a little hole in the lineup somewhere, or a, a wing in a prayer somewhere else, or you know, there's uh, or somebody that's you know, if his health stays, but they're not sure. And obviously, the Ekholm situation is concerning, and I'm frankly more concerned by the fact that they've been downplaying it all this time. Well, the first day of training camp, I heard somebody saying Ekholm would play if it was a. That regular season game, he's ready to go right now, but he's just sort of taking the, you know, well, that sounds good, and it sounded good for a few days, and now it's two and a half weeks, and there he is still on the on the doubtful side, you know, for playing in what's now a meaningful game. Well, they did that with McLeod last spring, too, where there was a, a mm-hmm. sense of, well, maybe he'll be back, and, and it's, it's like, I understand the Oilers can do whatever they want, but I, I do think that, that uh, the, the, the framework of the preseason uh, the way it played out, that that became a non-story, and I did write about it because I think it is a big story. They they traded a lot for Ekholm. He is an older player. Injuries do happen to older players. If 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 he gets to thirty games, will somebody write a story about it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going. You you already have, so that's a good thing. Uh, but it's it's an, you know it's, it's he's obviously a hugely important player, and and on the one hand, I approve of taking it slow and making sure he's ready. It's just that he's not ready anywhere near when word was he should have been ready. And here we are. Now, just thinking back to last year's season opener, the Oilers went into that game with a 21-man roster and two guys couldn't go. Yeah, uh, I think it was Fogel and Yamamoto missed the first game last year, and they, they literally went with a 19-man team, 17 skaters. And in that game, they against the Canucks, like it seems to always be his recent years in the opener, uh, they fell behind 3 nothing in that game, but then roared back to take it 5-3. And so, you know, a man short doesn't necessarily mean uh, everything, but, you know, ideally you want to have a full roster to take on any NHL team. Well, one of the reasons, and, and I, th- I do think it's important in Game 1 to talk about it, the the... Uh, the way I saw this season playing out was the pressure on Darnell Nurse and whoever his partner would be 
would be far less with Ekholm and his partner because right. they could share the the difficult minutes and share the the overall minutes between right. two pretty substantial, uh, I would say, two top pairs. And you know, everybody can right. decide which one is the number one pair. But th- that not being available to me is a major, major story, and it begins in game one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, that was a major story down the stretch last year when Edmonton went 18-2 after acquiring at home. And, in fact, Nurse and CeCe saw their minutes drop uh, uh, a little, not a lot, but I think they saw their, their tough minutes against Elite uh, slashed a little bit because Ekholm and Bouchard took on uh, some of those minutes. And there was just more balance. It was clearly a, a case where the Oilers had, you know, a top four and a bottom two as opposed to a top two and and then four or five other guys that are doing the rest. And it just seemed to be more balanced. And then in the playoffs, uh, they had less success. And, you know, looking back on it, I'm frankly wondering when Matthias Beckholm suffered his hip flexor mm. and whether it is, in fact, something that dates back to uh, last spring. But uh, I don't expect Jay Woodcroft is going to let us know anytime soon, do you? No, not at all. Um <laughs> Is the is is the twenty one man roster untenable? By that I mean, are they going to have to trade Fogel or Kulak or CC to get out from under here? Because eighty two games is a long season, and if you're playing eleven forwards as they likely are tonight, and maybe only six defensemen, guys are going to wear out. Yeah, well, they they started last year with a twenty one man roster and like a hundred dollars a cap space, and they went twelve seven two, and it gave. Jay Woodcroft, if, assuming all the guys were available, which of course isn't always the case, but if they were, he could either go uh, 12-6 or 11-7. And he, he seemed to be equally comfortable doing both, and the team was, was equally successful doing both, if not maybe more successful with 11-7. But as soon as somebody gets hurt, you've got no options. And if two guys get hurt, you're short a man, and you have to wait a game before you can call up a you know, an inexpensive uh, replacement. Uh, last year, they did get very fortunate in the sense that their big five defensemen all played the entire season. Cody Cece missed two games to attend the birth of his child, I believe it was, and uh, everybody else played the full 82, with the exception of Tyson Barry and Matthias Eckholm, who were traded for each other, and between them played 82. So there was always sort of the top five was solid in, in every game, and you sure can't count on that. Uh, and, but that's what really helped see them through last year. And even there was a time last year before the Pooley Arby trade where they were actually down to 20 on the roster, that they, uh, uh, 20 available players. And they saw that through. It was just for a few games. And then, but, uh, uh, it seems like 21 is a place where Ken Holland's pretty comfortable because, I mean, he did it last year and whatever, you know, he's locked into so many, cha- so many contracts that there's relatively little flex in there. But uh, they uh, uh, they seem to think they can get her done with, with 21. Last year's regular season says, yes, it's possible, but you'd need some, some good luck on the health front. Bruce McCurdy, our guest from the Calls of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal, we've said 21 3,000 times and not mentioned Stan Weir. That's how strong we are as human beings. Um, Stan Weir, yeah. Man, it was so good. Uh, I want to talk to you. I want you to talk to us about Vincent DeHarnay. He's a guy who can get overlooked. He was drafted late. He signed an AHL deal when he turned pro. We we know that the coach loves him, and apparently the Toronto Maple Leafs do too because he was the 
the ask for Sam Lafferty in a possible deal that never went through. The Oilers don't want to give him up. It's just that length, right? Like it is, he, and he's also, he's a mean guy. And I mean that in a good way, but, but, you know, in a, in an era where you need shutdown defensemen, the price point is right. And he's just a monster in terms of size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is, uh, he is a big man at, uh, six foot seven. And for your number six dash seven defenseman, uh, that's kind of a nice option to pull out and, uh, and put on the ice. It's the length that, that intrigues everyone. And I was talking with my son when we were saying, who are they going to be waving? And he's, he brought, he's a big Vinny fan. He was worried they'd put him on waivers. And I said, there's zero chance yeah. he would clear. Zero chance he would clear. Based on you know his half year in the NHL, his contract at such a good rate, and you know his size, like who would be able to turn that down? And you know, maybe twenty nine teams could, but not all thirty one, right? No. And uh, they, uh, 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 he's for the role that he's asked to do, and and particularly I'll note on the penalty kill, where uh, he uh, uh, he had success last year, especially teaming up with Ekholm. Uh, after the trade, they were a regular pair on the penalty kill in a similar manner that uh, Ekholm and Bouchard became a regular pair at even strength. And Ekholm helped both guys. Uh, but uh, but Vinny does his part. He's big. He gets in the way. Uh, he's fearless. I remember with some awe the time he blocked four, counting four, David Pasternak flap shots in a row in one shift and when Boston was <laughs> trying to put Edmonton away on a five on a three. And they just... Pasnack and Sniper could not get the puck past the D-man, let alone the goalie. And, you know, he's an easy guy to like. Like, he, 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 when he speaks, he makes you laugh, he makes you think. He's, uh, you know, he's uh, uh, a very interesting fellow. And easy, easy guy to root for. So I intend to keep on doing just that. I, I I want your opinion, uh, Bruce, and I haven't asked every one of our guests, but I have asked many who've been on uh, since this story broke uh, about the the National Hockey League's decision uh, to ban, like they're banning. Ta- One thing I know is there's going to be pride tape everywhere because the NHL uh, has banned it. But I uh, I you and I have seen a lot of things, and and I think that that in fairness. Uh, I won't pick on the NHL too much, but I've seen the NHL do some pretty unusual things in my time. And I, I mentioned it yesterday and I, and I repeat it again today. Once you've made a decision, you have to have the courage of your convictions. But, but if you could, Bruce, just give us your thoughts on, on that decision and the decision to kind of go away from all of these relationships yeah. that they had built and nurtured over a period of time. Yeah, well, that's the part that I don't got. The league was originally way out on the forefront of this type of movement in terms of, of sports leagues and the everyone can play initiative. I thought that was great and reached out to a lot of, you know, minorities to, you know, different social groups and so on. And certainly the, uh, the, um, LGBTQ community was, uh, at the forefront of that. And, but they've had all these different events. You know, I, I've been to two of the indigenous nights. I thought they were great. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the, the pre-game stuff, you know, with the fancy unis and stuff, and just sort of a night to reach out to part of the community that's often overlooked. And uh, I get that there's pushback against uh, Pride Night, but, you know, a few Russians and a couple of Stahl brothers uh, don't speak for the whole league either, but apparently they do when when the league comes out and not only says, we're not doing that anymore, but we are, in fact, banning 
uh, the use of uh, pry tape, that, that is going way overboard, uh, in my view, when you start saying, telling people things that they cannot do. That's way more than saying we're not supporting it. We're now actually actively unsupporting it. And uh, I think it's a bad look for the league. I think it's probably some of the, uh, the late 20th century dinosaurs in the front office that, uh, that maybe uh, won the debate this time. And uh, uh, I do not see it as a welcome development whatsoever. And uh, I say that as a, you know, an ally to, the, to that community, and as many, many, many people do. Have, you know, I have uh, uh, persons in my own family who identify as such, and more power to them. Yeah, and I you know, love who you, love who you love. And yeah, right now I do not love the NHL for this stuff. Let's put it that way. I think it's a backwards and backwards looking um, uh, counter initiative. Yeah, I, I I do think we're going to see NHL players and possibly some very famous NHL players uh, with pride tape and and I don't know who's going to. Pay I them. hope so. <laughs> oh, I think so, Bruce. I hope they take it. Yeah. Of course, that pride tape was a local initiative. Originally. It was yes. And so the people there are hurting, and and I've spoken out strong. And I was Brian Burke came up with a very strong statement today, and he's a guy who looks like a dinosaur, but on this particular issue, it's anything but. No, I agree with that. So I'm going to ask you for a prediction tonight, Bruce. I'm not going to hold you to it, but the Vancouver can be a, a, a sticky wicket for Edmonton, and they're an interesting yep. team. They've got a really good goaltender, uh, and yep. and. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to the game and win or lose. I know that it's going to be a fun year, but I feel like this is a sort of a game that, that I'm not saying it's a trap game, but I feel it's a trap game. Oh, it's a trap game. Last year, Oilers fell behind and, uh, and lost it, uh, or, you know, and, and came back to win it. Uh, I think was it the 2021 season? Vancouver came in and made the Oilers look real bad in game one, but they bounced back and, it was a double header at that time on the second game. Uh, it's just uh, I'll, I'll predict one and one for the two games, and uh, with no particular order. I just think it'll be, you know, there's it, it's too easy to just say, well, Evans should beat this team, should beat that team, and before you look at it, you've predicted them to go seventy-five, two and five or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I don't know which one, but uh, Vancouver does make me nervous. And they, you know, last year they they uh, they beat Edmonton quite soundly in one of the games here in uh, uh, December or January with that Colin Delia fellow. And yes, yeah. Looks like Dominic Hasek when he plays in Edmonton. Uh, now they don't have him to worry about tonight, but Thatcher Demko is a thing. And uh, lastly, I'll say, as an astronomer, not an astrologer. Uh, predictions and horoscopes aren't really my thing, so don't take them seriously on them. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce, thank you. All right. Thank you, Alan. Have a great week. Enjoy the season, everyone. All right. Bruce McCurdy. Called hockey at the Edmonton Journal and a true gentleman. And that's in the community brought to you by United Sport and Cycle. We're late for a break because I talk too much, but that's okay. Bruce said a few things, too, and they were very valuable. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. like that song. Well done. show is brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. So I had a Doug and Mary. So what do you want to do again? 
Well, I just thought it would be a disservice to the listeners if we didn't do some degree of a season prediction for which teams are going to make the playoffs, what the Stanley Cup uh, final is going to look like, All potentially right. a Hart, a Vesna, a Calder winner. That one might be locked up already, but you so know, things like that. Is this the kind of thing that Mrs. Andrews would get upset at because you kind of derailed the whole class? Ooh, no. The thing is, I didn't really, I wasn't that disruptant of a first oh, well, grader. So you say. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, Maybe we could have her on. Maybe I was the problem. But and even if I was, she was a much bigger one. Like, I'm sure I was no saint, but she was... Well, and the daughter has been teaching for decades since you left school. She gave me detention one time, her daughter, for hitting snowballs with a baseball bat. Like, not to anybody. You monster. Just to... Just, and, like, they called my dad and were like, you gotta, you gotta come in. Uh, like, we gotta have a conversation about this. And my dad was like, what did he do? Like he was just hitting, he was just hitting snowballs with a baseball bat, like to not at anybody. And they were like, "Yeah," and he was like, "Yeah, I'm not coming in for that." So shout out my dad, stood up for me with that one. I still got detention though, two days. Yeah. I got in trouble at uh, my son's school. Um, he, somebody was picking on his sister, and he went over and pushed the child and threw him down, and they got into a fight, and the other young man's shirt got ripped, and both my wife and I were called into the school. Uh, and everything was fine. We were humble and we said, that's bad. And we will talk to our son. And then I got in trouble right at the end with both my wife and the principal because I said, who won? Classic. And that is not what you ask in that situation. Yeah. That's, I said, did that's my hilarious. son win? And then the teacher said he did, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't hear after he did. I didn't hear the rest of it. I'm surprised she even gave him credit. I'm surprised she didn't just say, that's not what we do here. <laughs> She actually said, oh, yeah, he came out on top. But. My wife gave me royal bleep in the car on the way home mm. about, you know, how we act in public. Deserved. <laughs> so which which division do you want to go well, through? Well, let's, let's start. To, well, I guess we should start in the West. We should, right. we should probably start in the Pacific. That makes the most sense, being that uh, it is the, the hometown division. All right, sure. Shoot. Well, okay. So, do you want me to go down the whole well, division? I, how I think it's it's your finish? segment. Go, man. Okay, I'm just I'm going to do playoff teams in the West. Okay. So I'll start. I'll start with the Pacific. I think Edmonton, Vegas, Calgary get in. Okay, interesting. Those are going to be my top three in the Pacific. In the Central, I have Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota. I have Winnipeg as one of the wild card teams. And then I think my second one, maybe I'll give the Kings some credit and I'll say they'll also be a wild card team. So I'll have four from the Pacific, four from the Central. That's interesting. I'm, you can do all of them and then I'm going to do all of mine. Okay. Okay. I'll move on. Okay. So Metro, I have the Devils, Hurricanes, and Flyers. Just three out of the Metro. All right. Atlantic, I have the Lightning, the Leafs, the Bruins, the Sabres, and the Senators. Those are my five teams. Okay. My Stanley Cup matchup. I am going to take the Carolina Hurricanes out of the East. And I've said this for a while. I think that the that Colorado and Edmonton will meet in the Western Conference Finals. I think whoever wins that is going to win the Stanley Cup. Right. It, it's yeah. a tough pick for me. I don't want to sound like a homer. I just think the top six of Edmonton is too good. There are question marks everywhere, but mm-hmm. any team can have that. I think Colorado is a bit of a one-line team, so I'll say Edmonton over Colorado, and they beat Carolina in the Stanley Cup Finals, but I really think those two are going to be in the West, and whoever wins that wins the Stanley. That was a really good summation, and I will try to you know be different, but okay. there's a lot I agree with in okay. what you just said. Thank you. 
Uh, it must mean I'm doing something right. Well, I mean, not Mrs. Andrews. She doesn't think that at all, but the rest <laughs> of us are very pleased with you. Um, okay, in the Pacific, I have the Oilers, Vegas. Uh, I have L.A. and Seattle getting in, and that means the Flames and the Canucks are out. That's my four. I have four from the Central, Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, and Minnesota. I have Dallas making the semis against Edmonton and Edmonton winning that in a very tough series. In the Eastern Conference, I have Toronto, Boston, Florida, and Tampa Bay making it. Ottawa just missing. New Jersey, Carolina, Rangers, and I have the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins making it barely. And the Islanders close. And then I have I have Carolina coming out of the East. I have Carolina playing Edmonton and Carolina losing to Edmonton in seven games. So the exact yeah. reverse of 2006. I, yeah, we were pretty similar there. I, yeah. You touched on I think Dallas is going to be a really tough yeah. series for whoever I, gets them. I agree. I, yeah, it, would, it would be good to avoid them, but I don't think the Oilers will be able to. No, I agree. I think they will meet them probably in that in that second round. But yeah, Dallas is going to be a tough out. I, but I, there's just there, it has to it has to reach the pinnacle at some point for the Oilers. And I think this is the year. I really do. Well, I think you sold me on it. Honestly, I give you a lot of credit. Well, you know that I I need more, but yes, uh, I, I will say this that I think that. One thing I would just say to everybody who is is uh, an Oiler fan, great teams sometimes don't win Stanley Cups, and great players sometimes don't win Stanley Cups. Mark Howe never won a Stanley Cup. Norm Ullman, who played here in the 50s and then went to Detroit after playing for the Edmonton Flyers, and uh, Bruce McCurdy referenced them earlier, he he never won a Stanley it's possible to be a great player and not win a Stanley. It's possible to be a great team and not win a Stanley. You need luck. And the Oilers have been, the last two years that are in the window, I think they're going to be another window this year, and I believe they will win it. If they don't, don't lose faith in them. Even if Leon Dreisaitl doesn't sign next summer, don't lose faith in them. The idea isn't that you are owed a Stanley Cup. The idea is that you experience a Stanley Cup. You, you cheer. I'll give you an example from recent history. I never in my life thought the Philadelphia Eagles would win a Super Bowl. When I became a Philadelphia Eagles fan, Roman Gabriel was the quarterback. Harold Carmichael was the big wideout star. And Charlie Young was the tight end, and he was the other offensive guy. And that's all they had. Well, they had a decent running back, but it kind of moved around and injuries hit. So guess what? That was like 73 and they won what in 2018? Uh yeah, that was yeah. It, uh was it 2017? 2017. 2017 yeah. Okay. So and that they that was their third, was it their third or their second super third super third. bowl and they've been in four now and they've still only won one. It isn't just because your team is great, just because it's been a great job done by the GM and the coach and all of those things, it doesn't mean you're going to win the Stanley Cup. And you can rail until the end of the earth and the time that we all exist as humankind about Jay Woodcroft not running the Ryan McLeod line. That's a small sample size, and you could run it back your way, and it might not work that way either. So please understand that as much as you know about hockey, you're not giving enough credit to luck when you make sweeping statements about the stupidity of all of the people who are involved in hockey. Now, just to circle back to the predictions, I may have missed this, but the text line's flying. You had the flyers. No. Okay, neither did I. No. 
I didn't have the Flyers either. We got a couple texts here that were saying, do you guys pick the Flyers? What's no. that about? I was Look, like, I didn't pick the Flyers. I didn't think Lowtide did. We we don't we don't control what people are imbibing while they're listening to the show. Yeah, what are they hearing? I mean, the, the, yeah, I think the, they're a dumpster fire. Well, I, I didn't even say Philadelphia. I know that. I didn't say the word Philadelphia. Maybe Islanders sounded a little bit like Flyers. That could have been it, but you I know, didn't pick them either. Whenever, I, whenever I'm watching an Islanders game and I hear the fans go, let's go Islanders, it somehow sounds Oilers. Have you ever noticed that? Let's go Islanders. It sounds like let's go Oilers. Maybe I'm on something when I watch those games. Text, I don't know. Text line is saying I picked the Flyers. Well, you I absolutely did not. Well, maybe you did now. I might have. It this was is one of the reasons why the you time. were always in trouble in school. That could have been it. That could have <sighs> been it. I No, I picked the, out of the Metro. I had Carolina, New Jersey, and Pittsburgh. And I had five teams in the Atlantic. Roll the tape back. Declan said Philadelphia. Did I? Re- I was. I have I, no idea what I was saying. Honestly, I, I, I was, was set. We decided to do that segment six seconds before we did. We did. I was scrambling trying to find a list of teams and then figure out it was small pea brain that I owned. I might who have, I was picking. I might have said Philadelphia, meaning Pittsburgh, because those are my three teams out of the metro. I want to be very no. clear. I have the Devils, Hurricanes, and Pittsburgh, different city in Pennsylvania, Penguins. No. So just to clarify, oh, look, I mean, th- these words are all so similar. I know. <laughs> and I've, I've never been great with words. So. Sure. Well, I mean, and that's why you chose radio and a, and a wise move by you. Let's let's be honest here. Ecom is much more important than nurse is. That comes from BB. I'm going to tell you my point about Ecom and nurse and why it's so important that you remember what happened a year ago. And that's on the way next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. I feel like I'm in a 1960s movie walking down the street. Some kind of, you know, detective. Probably heading to the ocean. Right. It's like a uh, it's like a collage scene of you yeah. going to different places, checking things out. You're at the pier. You're in the office. Yeah. All the, yeah. In my mind, I'm Tony Rome. Uh, which was a Frank Sinatra role uh, in the mid-1960s. You're a little Sinatra-esque. I could see it. Oh, come on. I could never sing like Frank. Maybe I, Nancy, but not Frank. I just want to be Sammy Davis Jr., if you're Frank. Well, they were in a movie, a very famous movie together, and then ended up being like, I don't know, 16 different remakes. Uh, the Vegas uh, strip movie uh, where they robbed the bank. Oh, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, yeah. yeah, was, yeah. I love that. Well, I yeah. love the George Clooney version. Well, the original Ocean's Eleven is excellent. Mm, I'll have uh, to check it there's out. A lot of, there's a lot in there that they had to change for reasons that I'm not going to tell you. But mm. uh, Sammy Davis Jr. was excellent in it, as was uh, Frank. I just want to clarify really quickly. Jason Greger texted me, told me I did say Flyers. Okay, so well, it's on me. You know, I have it behind me now. I've corrected myself. We're moving on, but uh, well, I apologize. Just, the credibility is—I mean, this Shot. is what Mrs. Andrews was talking about. She might have been right. Well, she might have been. I right. think we've seen—we've seen a lot today. Our eyes, you know, and ears, sort of taken over and given us an indication. Okay, before the break, I, I was—people I, I, keep saying this to me, and I'm not giving up on this. I. I I do not understand why the, 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 the individual, and I can't find it now because I went up to the, oh, here it is. Ekholm is much more important than Nurse is. Without Nurse, the orders are fine, not so much without Ekholm. Do you remember after the deadline and how much better the orders were? One of the reasons they were better is Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece, who struggled last year, and Nurse's partners have a tendency to be players who are stepping up a weight class in terms of playing elite competition. 
they they were having a hard time and and all of a sudden the the minutes were shared and it got easier for the Oilers and that's my premise for the Oilers winning the Stanley Cup. I think Darnell Nurse is an excellent defenseman. I think he's a better defenseman when he doesn't have to play as many difficult minutes and that's Matthias Ekholm who comes in and helps with the chores. That's my point. Like you, you, you know, I know everybody or not everybody, but a lot of people like to hammer Darnell Nurse. Darnell Nurse is a good player, but he's been asked to do too much. And that's never good. Remember Sean Horkoff? He got just eaten alive by fans because he was, you know, his own zone starts every time. He wasn't performing like a player offensively should, making that much money because he was playing a role and it was difficult. Nuge and Hall and Eberle were, were getting the, 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 the opportunities, offensive zone opportunities, which was the correct call, but it still makes it difficult to flourish when you're, when you're in that. Cannonball run, shaft. Nice. You ever seen Shaft? No, I don't think so. That Isaac Hayes song still lives in my brain, rent free. I'll love it, especially when the backup singers say "Shut your mouth." <laughs> they they do. Is there just four guys out there that hate Nurse and text twenty times a day? It's insane. He's fantastic. Are there Calgary fans texting in? Because I know a lot of Flames fans that think Drysaddle sucks and watch water games. I think they're a little off. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I, I'm going to stand up for Darnell Nurse. I'm fantastic. Might be a touch of a stretch, but I do. I think he's good. Well, I think he's overpaid now, but he's overpaid because of the orders that kept kicking the problem down the road. Yeah, but that's the market. I mean, it's like when when the radio station comes to sign you, they better do a ten year deal because if they do two and then two again, your eight year deal is going to cost them a lot of money. I'm going I'm going no no no, I'm going NBA rules CBA 4 with a fifth year player option keep resigning. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I think Rudkoff was the major reason Oilers lost to Vegas last year. He had zero adjustments. Let's hope he learned from his mistakes. That's all we can do. I think he absolutely was was outcoached by a veteran NHL coach. That said, that does happen and you do hope he learns. But I, I think that if you if you if, if you look at the second and I'm, I didn't say this, Gregor did. If you look at the second periods of Game Five and Six, it was lost there. There was a, an unlucky penalty against Broberg, an undisciplined penalty against Matthias Janmark, and that's all she wrote. And those things are partly luck. He's overpaid by five hundred k to a million. So what? Who cares? Well, I know I'm overpaid by that much, and a lot of people care. So, can you imagine if I was overpaid by 500K? I'd care even less than I do now. I would say if you were overpaid by 500K, you should like at least give me a Christmas bonus. No or way. Something. No way. I'm not giving you nothing. <laughs> hey, fair. Stan- yeah. I, I'm, I, I respect <laughs> that. <laughs> Are we going to buy each other gifts for Christmas? I'm sort of going through the list now. Yeah, I'm going to get you something for sure. Okay. Are we going to have a dollar amount or a limit or anything yeah, like do that? Do you want to put a limit on it right now? I don't. 9.25 million? <laughs> I will be getting you something less I'll, I'll valuable. Buy you, I'll buy you another year of Darnell Nurse. Don't get me a gift card from something. That's so lame. Buy me something that I would appreciate. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. All right. I want, worry, about it. I want to be wowed. Yeah, all right. Sure. <laughs> buy me something nice. You get what you get. <laughs> Won't be upset. This is the kind of attitude that got you timeouts in grade one. Yeah, maybe. I'm starting to think I was the problem more and more. We all say wrong words sometimes. At least you know we're listening. That's true. But people were on you like a 
stoked. I'm telling you, you are forgiven. Who's Jim Brown? Please talk sports. That was probably my fault. What about Bogosian as a seventh D man? I, I think the Otters like their seven blue. I really do. And then they've got I, Gleason. I know they like in the minors. They, they're eight or nine deep. Nimalina. I think they might trade Nimalina. Buy him socks. I can't. I I, I, I love my children. I, I mean, I really do. They're beautiful kids, and I love them dearly. I love them so much. I would never say a bad word about them. But I'm going to say for 15 years in a row for Christmas, I got white socks. You know, the, the ones where like there's 12 sets of socks in a bundle and it cost whatever it cost. And they would just, sometimes they would go together and get it for me. And I'm like, what the hell? These are the people that ruined every piece of furniture I ever bought to bring into the house. They're, they're, you know, it's a constant drag on everything. Hey, dad, can you pick up blah, blah, blah on the way home? And they buy me socks? No, sir. Don't get me socks. And I'm not getting you socks. Nurse sometimes plays like he's trying to live up to his contract. Less is more with Nurse. Focus on keeping the puck out of the net, Coach Mike. I I think playing less minutes is key. I really do. He's out there so much. You make a lot of mistakes when you're playing that much. LT, what's the ceiling for McLeod this year? Don't know how healthy he's going to be, but I think he could get 40 points if he played every game. I will say that. Yeah, that's funny. I was just thinking about that. I read that text. I thought 40 was maybe a little high, but that was my first number. I landed at about 35. I think 15 and 20 would be a good season for him. Goals? Yeah, 15 goals, 20, 20 assists, 35 points. I understand what you're yeah. saying now. Got yeah. it. I thought you said 15 to 20, but you didn't. No, no. 15 and 20. Do you play crib? Oh, I love crib. We should play crib. Oh, I would love to play crib. We should play. We should play. Online, on radio, online crib. It would make and, for good radio. Right. And then we should do a WKRP, which would have a little bit of snifter of brandy every hour or so, and see our reaction time. By the end of the uh, two hours, one of us would be skunked and the other would be fired. Yeah. Maybe so, maybe one person would be both. Well, could be. We are talented. Get a room. Okay. Well, I don't know where that's coming from. You complain until one day all your socks have holes in them and you got to buy your own socks. All of a sudden, you'll appreciate them. It's just that there were the same white socks every year. You can only handle so many socks in a drawer. Hey, Low Tide, who's this Robin to your Batman? The kid's got game. Keep up the good work from Rich. I would say he's way past Batman or way past Robin. He's way beyond Robin. Although I do like me being Batman. I was going to say, that's a that's a pretty apt comparison. But we could just be the Justice League. Like, I could be Superman, you could be Batman. No, I, I, I love Superman. Okay, Although the movies be, suck. You can be but, Superman. Uh, I, I, you know what I love most about Batman is the car. When I was a kid, I would just w- live for them starting the car up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the Batmobile was always pretty cool. Every movie, they kind of one up themselves. and the, the original TV show as well is pretty good. Wham, pow, bammo. Yeah. People are now sending me in things that I don't understand. So if you're going to text us, please make sense. Low Tide, do you also think what if Larson had not left on a daily basis? Would have had a perfect top four. It's true. I, I miss him a lot. 
Low Tide Oilers are scrambling with their roster because Nurse makes too much. No, that's not true. The Oilers are scrambling with their roster because they kicked the Nurse problem down the road to the point where they had to pay him all UFA instead of RFA. Blame management. It's on them. It's their fault. Two different managers, Peter Shirelli and Ken Holland, they they reached a point where they said, ah, God, we don't want to pay this guy. We'll bump it down the road. And so instead of having two RFA or four RFA seasons to 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 play during this era. If you'd had four, his contract would be like 6.2 or some damn thing. The Oilers didn't do it right. They had a guy they believed were their core uh, player, and they kicked the ball down the road until they had nothing, nothing in terms of RFA years. This is all readable in Puckpedia. Turkey Drop was a great episode. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Considering Declan bought $794 shoes for a girl he didn't like, Christmas is looking good for you, Al, from Gil. <laughs> yeah. Haters on Nurse, remember when the Oilers were the softest team in the league and got pushed around? I think that there's a lot of beef in the Pacific Division right now. That Calgary move to pick up A.J. Greer, I like him. I think that was an interesting move. And L.A. has always got, you know... Something going on in terms of, of, you know, truculence. So it's going to be an interesting year for the Edmonton Oilers. I, I, I do think they're going to eventually have to make a move to ease this pain of 20 men. Even if they could get to 22, I think that would be a difference maker because you can, you can always, if you have one extra forward and one extra defenseman, you can get through life. But they don't have that right now. And with, with Ekholm hurt, they have six defensemen on 11 forwards tonight. Less than ideal. We haven't talked about baseball at all. Are you following it now, or are you done? Well, like I'm, I, you know, of course I'm still paying attention to the headlines, but I'm not sitting down and watching games. And the Orioles going out was... They got... Yeah, they got throttled a little Something bit. I was, there. I was not good. Not happy about that. I, I listen. I'm pretty surprised to see the Dodgers down two zero. I don't um, think they're coming back either. I don't. I don't think they are either. They played today just after seven in uh, in Arizona. So I don't know about that. Minnesota's down. I, I would have liked them to run the table because it would have given the Jays well, a little bit of credibility. Nobody cheers for Houston, and yet they are. No, they I are. know, and they're just they're, so consistent. They are. What is it? It's going to be seven straight ALCSs. Yeah, yeah. Well, ridiculous. a Texas team is going to the WS. Yeah. Yep. So, I don't. You know, the reason I don't cheer for Arizona is Kurt Schilling, and I shouldn't. Mm. I like Phoenix. I've been to Phoenix many times. It's a beautiful city, but Schilling kind of ruined it for me. Which it makes me a big baby. But what am I going to do? I buy the bargain uh, special twenty pack of socks from Walmart. Well, I have socks, but I that's something you buy for yourself. LT, we're doing the same thing with Evan Bouchard. Arg for Mark. You're right. I, you're absolutely right. They should have paid them Pareko money. I always thought Pareko would play here. I really always thought they'd make a trade for him. I still, in my mind, sometimes go on Puckpedia and try to figure out a trade. I mean, you know, I've got a lot of free time. I blame Chicago signing Jones to his irresponsible contract. Well, 
you, you don't put yourself in that position when you're signing a guy for four RFA and four UFA years. This is a mistake. It's a, it's a, it is a measurable, uh, I can point to the dates because it's on like the date that the contracts were signed. Mr. Shirelli and Mr. Holland did it and they, they knew he was going to be a core piece. They knew that. So what you're doing is you're, you're sentencing yourself to a major contract. What's Gregor coming up on his, coming up on his show? Ah, well, just give me one moment here while I uh, while I pull it up. Great show as always, I'm sure. Well, thank you. We were part <laughs> on the show. Yeah, we we did well. <laughs> Pete Jensen going to be on at two twenty. Tyler Uremchuk on at two forty. Jason's going to open up the phone lines uh, this Wednesday, three o'clock. Going to be open phone lines, so feel free to call in. The number is the same as the text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Mike Rupp is going to be on as well. He's going to be on at uh, 4 o'clock. Five questions, of course, at 4.40. And then Speck, the staple, going to be on at 5 o'clock. So good show as always. I'm sorry. I got up and walked walked away. I didn't think you were going to wrap up that quickly. No, sorry. Yeah, I mean, well, listen, there was one more. I forgot about Brandon Bachelor. Canucks play-by-play. He's going to be on at 3.40 as well ahead of the season. He's an interesting uh, fellow, so they'll have a good time there. It's always a great show. Stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for tuning into the Lowdown. And Jason Greger next. Time now for a sports update.